seats for a moment. We have a brother here tonight who's gifted not only in singing, but in our administering, but in singing. So Brother Duane is going to sing for us. I guess is, is your wife coming up too? She sure is. So that, that was nice to have you here, Brother Stephen. There's another brother who can, who can sing and minister, and there's a few of them out there. Not, not the one right at the pulpit right now, but... Anyway, how many, how many are happy to be a Christian today? Amen. We're going to have our brothers sing. Hallelujah. We truly feel that way this evening, don't we? Just so happy, just so glad that we can be, uh, you know, that our identification lays here in the Word in this last day in the light that is shone and not just that we can identify and say that we believe it but something on the inside is pulsating it's hungering it's thirsting brother steve so good to see you tonight i just i beamed in my heart when i seen you on the screen i'm like well praise god it ought to be him up here preaching tonight not me us old guys could sit down and let these young guys preach Aren't you happy to be part of the Lord's family tonight? Amen. Some of these songs, you've heard them over and over, but they're still precious. So. <clears throat> if it's a foreign battlefield Where I finally find your will Lord, then that's where I'm willing to be In the desert without a drink On some old ship about to sink Lord, I 
just speak to me Speak the word, Lord My ears long to hear you Speak the word, Lord My heart aches to know Speak the word, Lord I'll be what you'd have me to be Speak the word, Lord Your servant will go times that I complain when life rubbed against the grain I recall how you took me to my knees there's one thing I couldn't do oh I still owe this thanks to you for it was you Lord my prize at Calvary. So speak the word, Lord, my ears long to hear you. Speak the word, Lord, my heart aches to know. Speak the word, Lord, I'll be one. You'd have me to be Speak the word, Lord Your servant will go You know, I was just looking at the second verse here and I think it behooves us just to sing it one more time There have been times that I complained When life didn't go my way or when it seemed too hard, when the burden just got too heavy. You know, when it rubbed against the grain. But one thing we know, that on the mountaintop or in the valley, whether the sun is shining or whether it's raining, He's still God and He's with us always. Don't you love Him for tonight? Amen. There's been times I complain when life runs against the grain Oh, I recall how you took me to my knees But there's one thing I couldn't do So I still owe this thanks to you Oh, it was you, Lord who paid the price at Calvary Let's sing it together tonight so speak the word, Lord, my ears long to hear you. Speak the word, Lord, my heart aches to know. Speak the word, Lord, I'll be what you'd have me to be.
Hallelujah. I trust that's your testimony tonight. Whether it's to the street corner, whether it's to the highway, whether it's to the byway, whether it's to that little sister that's in the hospital that's just needing an encouragement or prayer, whether it's just, you know, whether it's down the street to some old folks' home somewhere where some son of God sits all tied up in a wheelchair, nobody fellowships, nobody calls, nobody. Speak the word, Lord. Speak the word, Lord. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And praise the Lord. Good to be back in the house of the Lord again this evening. And uh, isn't it just wonderful? Uh, that, just that presence, you know, when he just comes, he's so sweet. How uh, we sing that little song, oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. Where would we be this evening, church? Except he reached down his hand. Except he reached down his hand for you and for me. Lost and undone without God, without his son. We are just the most. How do we say it? How can we say it? How could we say it enough? How could we worship him enough? How could we adore him enough to recognize what he's done for us? Amen. God bless you once again. Just can I say it one more time? It's good. Thank you to the musicians. I'm sorry. You know, we get to heaven and there ain't going to be a time clock to look at and we won't have to, uh, you know, we won't have to get weary and we won't have to get tuckered out. And, and I believe with all my heart and I could be a million miles wrong. So this is not doctrine. It's just simply Brother Dwayne. And that's all. So leave it at that. But when we get there, these musicians that God has gifted here will also be playing over there. God's going to, the very talent that he gave them here is going to be expressed in a way that we've never considered I'll tell you what, it, it will be glorious, and we won't sit down for 20 minutes or, or a half an hour or 40 minutes or whatever it might be, but, uh, you know, harmony in the desert will have nothing to offer. As good as it might have been, it'll have nothing to offer. There'll be harmony like we have never heard, and maybe the octaves we can't reach, maybe the angels of God will just touch those all together, and, you know, won't it be wonderful there? Uh, church, can we just go home? Can we just go home now? I, I don't mean leave the building. I mean I want to go to glory. I, I, I just, I, 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 I'm just so the world is not our home. We're just passing through. But while we're passing, remember this is all part of God's great purpose. And while we're passing through this unregenerated, this debauched world, this, this sickness and the vileness of Satan's Eden, while we're walking, let's walk in the garments that he's clothed us in. Don't let your garments get spotted. We're just too close to home for that. We're just, you know, it's uh, Brother Ray, Sister Tab, good to see you tonight. I didn't expect to see you here this weekend. And I was telling the church this morning, uh, when, you're, when I got the message your daddy passed, I was just, I, I, there's something panged my heart. Like I was jealous, like he already got there. You know, there's, there's just getting to be an expectation that you can't put there but that the Holy Ghost in this great work that he's doing, he's been imparting into his believers as they've, you know, we've heard the word and the, and the seed of God has just been growing and, and faith has been accumulating as we could call it. And, and now we're, we've talked about a land, but now, we, you know, we've talked about it, we, we've sang about it, we've preached about it, we've walked towards it, but surely Canaan land is just in sight. You know, there's starting to be more over there than there is left here. They're calling, they're calling for us, and they can't be made perfect without us. So, 
So, uh, uh, Lord Jesus, help us this evening that we, you know, let's just put off all the things that don't pertain to, to we got a goal, let's, not, let's keep our eyes on the goal this evening. Amen. Amen. God bless you again. Ah, oh, my, you, you know, you just get the atmosphere right, and it's hard to get started, and it's hard to get stopped, and, and uh, thank you, Brother Ed. You said, take my, may take my liberty. If we got your Bibles, would you stand with me tonight? And I want to read uh, over in the book of Revelations tonight. This is a little thought the Lord gave me, oh, I guess maybe somewhere toward the end of last year, and, and uh I trust it'll be a blessing for you tonight. <clears throat> and after this, Revelations chapter 7, I'm sorry, Revelations chapter 7 and verse 9, starting at verse 9. How many loves the book of Revelations? Yeah, you know that is the bride's book, right? Amen. I, I just believe uh, that the reality of it is just breaking before us day after day after day. We're just, we're just enjoying something that the world has, that the ages have longed to see. And we're actually, we're catching the reality that, hey, that John wasn't just the John in the book of Revelations that we read, but that John was a reflection. That was me. That was me. That portion of the scripture pertained to me. And, and so uh, just reading here, it says, after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, stood before the throne before and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders, and the four beasts fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, and blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be unto God forever and forever. Amen. And listen, brothers, we could take that little portion of Scripture. You could spend the next year three times a week right here and never touch it. Never touch it. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, have washed their robes and made them white. Can you see yourself? In the blood of the Lamb. Listen, it's not, not just for Israel. Not just for Israel. They washed their robes and made them white in the blood. Therefore are they before the throne of God and served him day and night in the temple. And he that sitteth on the throne, and I want us just to hone into this, little, this part right here. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sunlight on them nor any heat. Verse 17, for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And there's a colon or what do you, what do you call that little piece of, a what? It's a colon and that means there's something else to come. It doesn't necessarily mean it's tied right together, but there's something else to come. Let me back that up. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water and conjunction. At some point, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Can we just bow our heads one more time? Heavenly Father, Lord, we're here this evening, Lord, in your great divine presence. 
We are so blessed, Lord, just to be able to read. For you said, blessed are they that read and they that hear. Tonight, O oh God, we're asking, Father, that you would come. Lord, that you would divinely walk the, up and down through the pews here tonight, Lord. Lord, that you would minister to the hearts of your children, O oh God. Lord, I pray you would open our eyes, Lord, to things, Lord, that are greater. Lord, that are more abundant, Father. Things that are eternal and everlasting. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity. Father, shut my mouth, Lord. Keep me from saying anything or leading in any kind of a direction that would be contrary. Father, may thy will be done tonight. Thy kingdom come, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 God bless you. You can have your seats. And <clears throat> Excuse me for two minutes. Brothers, can you mute me for one second? Can you mute me? All right. So I take this little, my little thought here um, this evening. Out of the book of Revelations, for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall leave them, lead them unto living fountains of water. And uh, you know, I just want to take a little thought on living waters. You know, we, we, we got to speaking a little bit this morning. I touched on it just in my thoughts this morning and uh, about how that, you know, uh, God, we, we sometimes consider God to be way out there in the universe, and, and, and he is omniscient, so let, let me not, you know, let me not put him in a little box where he can't be, but, but you know, God, God, Brother Branham says this, and I'm just going to lay a little background as I get started tonight. Brother Branham says this, he's praying, he said, Heavenly Father, we are now approaching the great mighty throne of God as mortal beings in a natural body. Yet our voice is speaking out the words that coming into that great throne somewhere in the other dimensions where God sits. So we, you know, we, just, we just can't put God in a box. There is a reality that this God is omniscient and he is great and, and he is wonderful and marvelous. And, but, but brothers, I want us, just to, I, I want us to, to watch as that same God transcends, as he becomes and, you know, he's not, uh, we, we might like, to, we, we might like to, to leave him there, and we might like to try and worship him out there, but if we worship him out there as just a God of the eternities and not, and not recognize him as the God of now, as the God of this moment, as the God of our reality, then we're missing it all together. We're missing it all together for God's full purpose when he created man was to have fellowship it was God that came down to the garden to fellowship with his children. And, you know, he didn't, even in, even in the worship, even in, you know, uh, every evening when he came to see Adam, he made a purpose of coming down to where Adam was. And, uh, and so Brother Branham says, we, we, you know, we, we, we understand that God is just that great, that he covers all space, all time, all, you know, every place, everywhere. So there, there's nowhere that he, that he isn't. And yet the same great God has, has funneled himself, if we could call it that, he channeled himself down and, and he, as we said this morning, his throne was out there in, in the yonder somewhere, but the throne is actually the dwelling place, the place of authority, the place where, where God uh, ministers from. And, uh, and, and Brother Brown, our Matthew 28, 18 says this. We read these, uh, Brother Brown's speaking here. He says, now we read in Matthew 28, 18. He said, we read these after he was crucified and rose on the third day. 
he met with his disciples and commissioned them to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. He said, Jesus speaking, he said, all power in heaven and earth has been given into my hands. And all power in heaven and all power on earth has been given unto me. What was it? Man and God had united. The Logos had been made flesh and had been killed and rose again for our justification and was then the anointed Emmanuel forever and ever. God changed, here's what, listen to this. God changed his dwelling place from a throne in the spaces yonder to the heart of his son, Christ Jesus, to live and reign forever. God was in Christ and he's the final resting place of the spirit. So we, 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 we recognize that and we, could do, we get a little type or a little picture of that. You know, if, if we take the tabernacle in the wilderness or we take the tabernacle that Solomon built, that, you know, there was the outer court and there was the inner court, but there was a place where God himself would come. And it wasn't visible to the rest of the world and it wasn't even visible to the, to the religious order of people, but it was a place where God and one man alone would come and there they would meet together. Hallelujah, he's just that personal tonight. Praise the Lord. And so when we, when we see the, the transcending of God, uh, we recognize that, you know, God is, uh, he is spirit. He's not just, you know, he's not just flesh and blood. He's not just, he, the, the reality was he was in Christ, but when Christ, uh, when Christ died, he, he actually released the spirit of God, and that spirit must find another place that it could enthrone, that it could encapsulate, that it could have dominion over. All right? So where is that? Thank you. At least somebody's going like that. I hope they're not waving at me, but they're saying, that's me. That's me. Because if this word doesn't become personal to you, then something's wrong then something's wrong. We need to go back, read it again. If it doesn't become personal where you can recognize, hey, that's my spot. Lord, that's, I'm that person that they're talking. The world might not see it. My family might not see it. You might not see it. But God's standing on the throne of my heart. And from here, he begins to minister. All right. Let me just, uh, you know... I, I want to, sometimes when we talk about thrones, we, we get this little picture in our mind, and I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting started, so just bear with me, but we get a picture in our mind of, of this great big, uh, you, know, you know, these great big beautiful chairs, and they're ornate gold, and they're interwoven with all sorts of beauty, and, and then on that chair sits a king, but that's not the kind of throne that this God is talking about. He's not interested in having that. I, I believe there will come a day that he'll have a throne just like that. But that is not. A, a body hast thou prepared for me. Uh, you know, when Solomon was going to build him a temple, and, or David wanted to build him a temple, and, and he was so enthused, and he was so, uh, his heart was just bubbling over to do something for the kingdom of God. And yet God said, hey, I, 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 I've lived in tents. In, I, all along, I've just been, I've lived in, in a tent. I, I don't, I don't want to just be, you know, housed, boxed up, and put in a temple and said, now that's where God dwells. Listen, that's how the Catholic people do. They walk before their, you know, before their, their churches and, and they stop and they cross themselves. And Why? Because they think somehow God's in there. But God's not in the building. 
Matter of fact, God's not even in the building as long as you're not here. God's not even in the building as long as you're not here. God has a place, a dwelling place. Hallelujah. So Brother Brown says this. He says, listen close. The Shekinah glory raised from the mercy seat one day and settled on another tabernacle. He says, amen. He said, the Father judges no man but has committed all judgment to his Son. God's judgment seat. He said, Shh. He said, you speak against me, it'll be forgiven you. Speak against another one coming, another mercy seat. He said, you speak against the Son of Man, I will forgive you, but someday the Holy Spirit will dwell in the hearts of the people. Now listen, church. One word against it will never be forgiven. My, as long as God was standing there in, in, a, in mortal flesh, so to speak, in a body of flesh, they could say what they wanted against him, and he could forgive them. But there was coming, listen, the, the judgment of God was narrowing down and narrowing down and narrowing down. And he says that when the Holy Ghost comes, now it's going to indwell not in a perfect-born man, but in sin-born men and women. Speak against that. Whoa. Whoa, that's serious. All right. Now you can see, Brother Brown says, now the first throne was in heaven. Revelation chapter 4. If you haven't listened to that series lately, go back and listen to it. It is powerful. Powerful. It says, now you can see where the shaking comes, where the time, they don't realize. People can't comprehend what it means. Can I just back that up? No, we'll save some time tonight. I'm sorry. It says, now the first throne was in heaven, the judgment seat. The second throne was in Christ. The third throne is in man. The third throne is in man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, what, what, what is God trying to accomplish? What was the opening of the word trying to accomplish in this hour? What did it come to do? Come to, it came to, make, to get you and I to realize our position in Christ. Not in the church, but in Christ. To recognize what he is, we are. What he was, we are. What he's going to be, we are. We are part of him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Here it says, but in God, is in his, God in his heart makes him believe things he cannot see. He said, God is on his heart. In the heart of man is the throne of God. You get it? Man. You know, big exclamation mark. Man. Isn't this hard for us to swallow sometimes? That an almighty God would absolutely, he would take his dwelling place in me? Listen, I, I, I got to contend with this guy. Every day I get up and go to the washroom and look in the mirror, it's this guy that I got to fight with. I'm reminded of what he didn't do or what he did or what he failed to do or, or, or his mistakes. And his, I'm reminded of him. But he's not. He's not. He said, you get, you get it? Man, exclamation mark. God made his throne in the heart of man. So in saying that, I want to go back, and I want to read this. It's setting the background tonight. God made his throne in the heart of what? Let's say that again. God made his throne in the heart of where? God bless you. Somebody got personal there. Me. Me. All right. I want to go back and read Revelation 17, uh, 17 again. It says, for the lamb which is in the midst 
of the throne. Are you hearing me this evening? For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne. Where's God dwelling? In man. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne. He shall lead them. What was the Holy Spirit to come to do? To lead you and to guide you. To lead you and guide you. He shall lead them unto fountains of living waters. Fountains of living waters. You know, I was, uh, this, uh, this whole thought struck me and uh, I, I had been, oh, I don't know, last year sometime I had been, you know how us old people get, we start, first it's vitamins and then it's everything that's healthy and pretty soon I, yeah, you know, I found some, oh, this, this kind of certain kind of juice and I, so I'm watching the juicing things, you know, and I go buy the juicer and well, we're all trying to, we're all trying to find our way back to being young again, aren't we? The body's just getting old on us. Even you, brother Steve, look at you, buddy. Silver as can be, my, oh, my, oh, my. You realize that you guys, that you're married to a, a, a young lady that was just about that big? I mean, if you're not your mother's daughter, I ain't never seen your mother. I just, I, I. we're getting old, Brother Ed. Right. <clears throat> All right, I stand corrected. I'm getting old. But listen, I, so I, I, I'm, I'm trying all this stuff, and, and I come to this. This is what caught my whole attention. I'm watching this, and, and, and whoever was narrating, it's, he, it says this. Now, when, you're, when you take fresh fruit or fresh vegetables, as you're juicing them, the life that's in the vegetable, the life that's in the fruit, it says it literally becomes living water because the life is still there as you drink it. It becomes living water. And something began to grip me. Something began to grip me. If a natural piece of salary or a natural piece of grapefruit or whatever it is, if it in its, in its actual natural state can bring this body something that's living, how much more can our Lord Jesus Christ, how much more can the drinking of this word, the washing of the, how much more can it make me alive? How much more can it change my, 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 my supernatural body? I'm not so much worried about this thing. It'll change. Let's get the, get the man on the inside right. Hallelujah. I begin to look at this little thought on waters. And the first place we catch it is in Genesis chapter 2. If you want to read with me, you certainly can. It said, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put a man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree. And I want to just stop here and inject some. Sometimes we get a thinking in our mind that every tree just means, you know, every fruit tree, every apple tree, every pear, every orange, every uh, maple tree. You know, we think of all these natural trees in life, and they very well all could have been there. But let me just go on a little bit, for the Bible says, and made, the Lord made God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and... Good for food. And good for food. And I don't know what that is. A semicolon perhaps? It says the tree of life also in the midst of the garden. Uh-oh. Hold on. Now we're reading about these trees that's pleasant in the sight and good for food. And it ties it right together with the tree of life. Who we know to be a man called Jesus Christ. 
and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, who we know also to be a being called Satan. Oh, well then who was the rest of the trees in the garden? Oh, for one day when Jesus put his hands on, spit and put his, uh, you know, uh, uh, some spittle and mud on a blind man's eye and he begins to talk to him and he says, what do you see? He says, I see men walking as trees. Uh-huh. Where? In the garden, in a perfect place. Hallelujah. All right, so we know that Christ was there in the garden. But it's, the scripture says this. Uh, uh, let me, did I finish reading that? No, I didn't. And good, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, verse 10, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. To water, and a river went out of Eden. The most holy place there was on earth, the, 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 very, the, the very part of, uh, you know, where God placed his man and where they, where they worshipped, and, and there he was. The river went out of Eden to water the garden. Let me tell you something, church. There's still a river flowing this evening that is watering the garden of God. And the garden of God is not just fruits and vegetables somewhere out there. The garden of God is out of every kindred and nation and tongue, uh, every little, you know, every, every different part every one of us created different every nature just a little bit but God is watering it it's going to bring forth the very reality that Christ planted it for hallelujah hallelujah all right praise the Lord you know we, we, we recognize that there was a river flowing for a purpose I believe that the water of God has been flowing now for 6,000 years and it's been there for his children to drink from. It's been there to water what he is, the seed that he's sown in the earth, to bring it forth for what? For his glory. For his glory, for his purpose. We're speaking on living waters. Something that gives life. You can take your, you, you, you know, you, you can take your drink of water, you can get your bottled water and you can drink it and I promise you before the service is over, you're going to be thirsty. Matter of fact, you're probably going to be thirsty anyhow because we're going to be talking about water tonight. But you're going to be thirsty. You can get your Gatorade. It'll satisfy for a little bit and you're thirsty. You'll get your Pepsi. You'll satisfy for a little bit and you're thirsty. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about living water. Something that will satisfy you from the time you leave here till the time you get back here next Sunday and then it'll satisfy you forever after that hallelujah you know one day Abraham God's son he had he had made a promise to him that he was that he was going to give him a son he was going to give him a son in his old age he was given he was going to bring forth a child that literally the world would be blessed by and Abraham held on to that promise and held on to that promise and held on. And the years went by. And one day his wife said to him, honey, I don't know. It's just not happening. It's just not working. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to help God out here a little bit. Oh, she didn't say that with her mouth, but that was what was happening. We're going to help God keep his promise. I'm going to give you Hagar, my handsmaid, and you're going to have her and you're going to bring forth a child by her. I'll just say it's mine. Whoa. You get to messing around with God's word, it ain't never going to come out right. You try to help God, it's never going to work. Let go and let God. 
it ain't never going to work. And so here Haggai conceives. And, and when she conceives, you know, she's, a, she's an Egyptian. And the Egyptians were proud people. And, 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 you know, when she conceived, now she actually had something to flaunt in front of Sarah. Because Sarah had never conceived. And as she be, you know, maybe the first month it didn't show. And the second month it didn't show. And the third month it, that little baby bump began to show. And she began to touch it. And, and Sarah would look. You know, Hagar, the pride of her, she'd probably walk by and she would just, you know how girls do, they're so proud of that little bump. Why? Because life is on the inside. Life is on the inside. And two months, three months goes and four months goes. And every time Sarah would come around, Hagar would make sure that she knew that she had conceived. That she had conceived. Yeah, Sarah, you haven't conceived, but I have conceived. And it began to eat Sarah up. It began to eat Sarah up till she got to the place where she, where she told Abraham, send her away. Sarah couldn't handle it. She said, send her away. And we find the scripture of Hagar out in the wilderness. And she sits, she ends up you know, sitting down beside a stream of life there, sitting there, and an angel comes to her. You know, she could have died there in the wilderness. But there was one thing that kept her. She had Abraham's seed on the inside. Although she was not Sarah, she was still carrying Abraham's seed. And it didn't matter what the circumstances looked like. She sat down beside a well and the angel of God came and ministered to her there. Go look and see what the well is called. My God seeth me and knows my condition. Hallelujah, that same God knows where you're at tonight. He sees you. He knows your condition. It's a well of everlasting water that will absolutely get you through the driest times of your life. Just go ahead and drink. Hallelujah. He will lead me to living fountains of water. I don't know, maybe Hagar wandered aimlessly. But the Spirit of God was leading her anyhow because the seed of God was in her. She found a place to drink. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Numbers chapter 20. Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle. Pardon me. Let me just back up. We know the story, so I'm, I'm trying to preserve time tonight. This is a subject that takes a couple services generally. But here we are. We, we, we understand that Moses and the, the children of Israel had, you know, left the promised land and God had taken them through the Red Sea. And they had just, you know, they hadn't been gone long and pretty soon the waters were dried up. There was nothing. They were in a desert place. The Bible says this, uh, verse 5 says, Wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? Is it? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron, brothers, are you listening? Brother Steve, are you listening to me tonight? And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and fell on their faces. What do you think, church, what do you think these brothers do? Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday, week in and week out, when they don't think, Lord, what am I going to preach on? Lord, what, 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 what do the people have need of? And they get there alone. I heard here a week ago or so, you know how Brother Harold, his own grandson's testimony we go into grandpa's office there he'd be behind the desk crying out to God for what God give us something that will feed these people 
here's Aaron and here's Moses. And it says this, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brethren, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth. Speak ye unto the rock. How crazy, how insane. A rock, dead, cold, hard, not an ounce of life. But look at how personal God makes it. Speak to the rock, and it will give forth His his personal pronoun, his water. Oh, if we could just learn to do that when we're troubled, if we can just learn to do that when everything seems, when life is rubbing against the rain, if we can just learn to do that, to go speak to the rock, he is a personal pronoun. It will give forth his waters. Listen, church, I'll tell you what, there was two million people out in the desert, but that was just the people, not the cattle, not the camels, not the sheep, not the goats, not anything else. And when Moses smote the rock, a little stream, a little trickle didn't come out like the artist's conception, but a gusher, a gusher, if you just speak to him, he's here tonight to send forth the gusher that will satisfy your thirst forever. Hallelujah, I'm so thankful tonight that we can do just that. Listen, there's a river of, of life. Brother Brown says this, God loved the world that the smiting of the just judgments that belong to us were all smitten unto Christ. And out of him came forth rivers of living waters, speaking of the Spirit. I hope we catch it tonight. What was the scripture that we read? In Revelations, and the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne. It shall lead them unto what? Fountains of living water. Not, not, just, not just a trickle, but fountains of living water. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah said this. We've heard this scripture so often, broken cisterns. Jeremiah says this. For my people have committed two evils. First they forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And then they hewed them out cisterns. Broken cisterns that cannot hold any water. How many times have you tried to satisfy your thirst with the pleasures of this life? I'll tell you what, we're everyone guilty. There's not one of us that hasn't been guilty of it. We run from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing trying to satisfy. And the only thing that satisfies is a drink that we can have at the fountain of life. The only thing that satisfies at all is when you crawl into that little closet of yours at home, pull back the doors, and there you begin to pour out your heart. You begin to cry out to God, and the angels of God begin to come down. He begins to minister unto your heart. You can walk a free man. You can walk with your heart rejoicing, whether you're living on a street corner, whether you're living in a cardboard box, or whether you're living in a mansion. It don't mean nothing to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Kings, you're all familiar with this scripture. It's of Jehoram and Jehoshaphat. You know how Jehoshaphat, you know, Brother Bram said, he says Jehoshaphat was a godly man. Just got mixed up with the wrong crowd. You know, and how Jehoram wanted him to come. And there was, a, the kings were coming against him. He just wanted, he, he needed some backing up. So he went to Jehoshaphat. And Brother Bram said Jehoshaphat should have prayed about it. He, you know, he shouldn't have got tied up like that. But Second Kings chapter 3 says this. And Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts liveth. You know, before whom I stand, surely if it were not that I regarded the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, 
I would not look towards thee nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass that the minstrel played, and the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, Thus saith the Lord. Remember, they'd gone seven days just to find themselves without water. Dying. What do we do now? No water for our men, no water for our animals. We got, we got, we got a battle to fight, and we're here, we are dying of thirst. Don't let that be you tonight. Don't let that be you tonight. You don't got to go one day and be thirsty. How often do you find yourself so caught in the vortex of this life where you jump up in the morning and you've got to run to work and you've got to do this and you've got to do that and that's God and it piles up and the boss wants this and he wants that and you're under pressure and only to find out Monday's gone, Tuesday's gone, Thursday's gone and I finally wake up Sunday morning and I'm so tired and I haven't had a drink since Wednesday. But we don't have to live like that. We don't have to live like that. Hallelujah. It says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. You know, we, we look at these things and, and make this valley full of ditches. You know, how, how crazy for us. To think that the very place that we're dying, if we just dig a little deeper... Their very place they were in, literally, there was, li there was rivers of life flowing under their feet. If they would just dig out the trash of their lives. And Brother Brown said this, he said, they command him, go and start digging, dig, make the valley full of ditches. They were only being obedient to the word. Let the word take care of things. Don't, 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 Brother Ed, don't make God do it the way you want him to do it. Just go ahead and be obedient and then let God fulfill his promise to you. They got to digging and Brother Brown said this. He said they were digging away and first thing they hit something and it was a little rough. And you know they begin to pry it out and there's an old dish pan. Well where did that come from? And then they hit something else and, and he likened it unto this. He said here we are in church. He says you want to get close to God. You, you know you want to walk. You want to walk on a higher plane and, and, and the ministry gets up and they start preaching on paying your tithes. How important paying your 10% Lord. Lord I can't afford 10%. Let me tell you something. You can't afford not to pay your 10%. You can't afford not to buy. Is that okay? Can I? Listen, it's God's money to begin with. And when that thought is there and it's tormenting you, dig it out. Because God wants to fill the ditch with living water. Get it out of your life so that God can bless you. He had a blessing waiting for them if they would only have dug the ditches. You know, if you're, I'll tell you what, you got good, you got good commands here. Here's your, here's your, your what do you call generals or whatever, sitting here in the, amongst your congregation, and you're living your life, and they come up here and they start, you know, they take the sword and they start cutting away at the things of your life that aren't appropriate, things that God cannot bless in your life. They're not here to wound you. They're not here to, to destroy your life. They're here to cut away the trash. So that the Spirit of God can raise up and He can be glorified in your lives. From the midst of the throne will come forth living waters. I'll lead you. I'll guide you. Hallelujah. What an hour. 
Brother Branham says this, trouble of it is, you go to digging, the first thing you stick your shovel, to, oh, I just, I just spoke that, I don't need to go there. He says, he says, keep on digging, dig them old doubts out of the way, and those old dishpans and rocks and stones, and he says, dig deep enough, throw it all out. Get enough water throw, flowing through there so you can get a good, decent drink. Wow. And how we hate it when the ministry comes up and they get right personal in our lives and they get to talking about where you live. And Brother Dwayne, we just want to preach the deep things of God. We want, to, we want to enjoy the great blessings of God. I believe in enjoying the great blessings of God, but if you want them, you're going to have to dig. Because the more you die, the more he lives. The more you get rid, the more he imparts. Hallelujah. Amen. First Corinthians says this. You know, there's a reason. There's a reason when they dug out the ditches, the Bible says the next morning they were full. They were full. Where did it come from? There's a living fountain. There was a rock that had been smitten in the wilderness once. It never had to be smote again. It had already been cleaved open, and the water was still there. It was still flowing. It just needed a channel to flow through. Oh, God, help us this morning or this evening that the Spirit of God, we would be that channel that God can just, he can just move through. Hallelujah. First Corinthians says this, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers under the cloud and all passed through the sea, all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual manner, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank from of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. I will lead you. The lamb which is in the midst of the throne. I will lead you to fountains of living water. Hallelujah. You know, as long as Christ was here, as long as Jesus was here, he was the fountain of living waters. He proved that when he met, he, when he met the little woman at the, pool, not at the pool of Bethesda. When he met the little woman at the well that day. That little Samaritan woman there, he met her at the well. And, and you, you, you know the story how that she had, you know, she'd had this hunger. She had had this desire in her heart. And it didn't matter where she went. didn't matter what she tried. She couldn't satisfy that, that thirst that was in her. One day she's at a well and there's a man sitting there. And he says, woman, bring me a drink. Woman, bring me a drink. Oh, why don't you minister to him tonight, church? Woman, bring me a drink. And, he, and she looks at him, you know, appalled, like, you know, we're not the same. What are you doing asking me for a drink? You know what kind of woman she was. The Bible says that when Jesus began to speak to her, he said, go get your husband. Go get your husband. And she said, sir, I have none. And he said, you've said right. You have had, what, five? Five husbands? The one you're living with now is not your husband. Come on, church. The one you're living with now is not your husband. And he says, woman, the water I give you, if you'll drink from the water that I give, you shall never thirst again. Listen, church, she never needed to find another husband after that. She was satisfied. She had found her husband. She had found that relationship that satisfied her innermost being. It was a fountain of living water. Whether he was there or whether he wasn't there, she was satisfied. The word had taken an abode in her heart, and it had satisfied her innermost being. 
Oh, God, if we could just recognize tonight. Listen, boys, as nice as your cars are and as fun as it is to work on them, they will only satisfy you temporarily. Listen, buddy, you're going to fix that truck, and you're going to drive it down the road, and it's going to break on you again. And you're going to fix it, and it's going to break. And you're going to fix it, and it's going to break. And you're, if one day you're going to say, I'm done with that truck. That's how our lives are. You walk along and, and you carry that little thing with you and, 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 oh, God, deliver me from that. And then you carry it along for the next week. And, oh, God, I'm sorry. To, and then you carry it along. But one of the days, one of these days, the Holy Spirit's going to say, that's enough. That's as far as you're going. Do you want to remain broken all your life? Fountains of living waters. He'll lead you to a spot somewhere on the backside of the desert. And there he'll open up and he'll pour out rivers of living water to you. You'll never have to thirst again. Hallelujah. What a, what a glorious hour we're living in. Listen, that woman's, her, her, her very thirst had been so satisfied. Nothing could ever, the Bible says she was so thrilled she ran into the city. You realize that her own testimony, her own testimony became a, living, a, a river of living water? Come see. Come see. Come drink from the fountain that I drank from. Come witness how good this God is. Come see how glorious he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. St. John chapter 7. Jesus at a feast. Jesus standing there. Verse 37 says this. In the last day, that great day of the feast... Oh my, my, let's read this. In the last day, that great day of the feast, what kind of feast are we in right now, church? There has never been a feast that has been as great. There has never been a table spread in the economy of God that has been so full, so rich, so satisfying to the innermost being than there is right now. Hallelujah, it says, in that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Look at church. Let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, the scripture has said, Whoa. And the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall lead you and feed you and what? And give you for living waters. Where's the lamb at? In the midst of the throne. And here's Jesus speaking and he says this. He says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Who's he speaking about tonight? In the last day, that great day of the feast, that's this day, church. There's never been a last day like there is this day. In this great day of the feast, when the word of God has been opened up to us and life has never been more satisfying spiritually. Hallelujah. In this day, there will flow from your belly, from your bellies, rivers, rivers of living water. What's living waters? That means that the very life that was in the fruit, you can give it. You can give it because you got it. But if you don't got it, you can't give it. Oh, God, fill us anew tonight. Lord Jesus, fill us so we're overflowing. Let our cups run over, God. I'll tell you what, we heard that little song, I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup is over full. Brothers, it ought to be that way tonight in your life. Your cup ought to be so over full that the people of the world can drink from your saucer. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah, if they could just get a sip from rivers of living of living waters where you've got a testimony, where you've got where the word of God can pour out of you and minister to their need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them unto living fountains of water. St. John 16 says this, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. Hallelujah. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever you hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Hallelujah. Isn't that what the angel said in the book of Revelations? I think chapter 4, John's caught up. Doesn't the angel say to John, he says, I will show you things that must shortly come to pass. Is that not true? Is that not what God has done for us? He took an eagle, a great eagle prophet and come down. He took the eagle view and brought it down to show us things that must shortly come to pass. Things that are to be. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's never been an hour that, 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 that could be lived in that is so great as this hour. You know what? From Calvary has flowed fountains. There's been a, 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 a fountain that has opened up for 2,000 years, Brother Ed. That hasn't been a trickle. But it has flowed. It's been rivers of water that have flowed unto every nation in the world. This word has gone to every kindred, every nation, every tongue. I was in back there in the office, and Brother Harold's got a little thing from Africa thanking him for coming. You're the voice to Africa. What is it? Living waters, church. Living waters flowing out what? To catch the redeemed, to satisfy the longing in their lives. Hallelujah. Not just some stagnated artesian well. Too many times we find ourselves, we've got people sitting right amongst us in the message, and they become just stagnated, broken cisterns. We're still believing the same things we believed 50 years ago, but did you ever add to your faith? Did you ever add? Did you ever keep? I do believe what, what they believed 50 years ago. But revelation keeps unfolding and unfolding. And you've got to walk in the light as he is in the light. And God is making himself real. Are you partaking of it? Or are you back there saying, praise God, God sent a prophet? We believe that. We believe that. I hear preachers get up and bless God this message, bless God this message, bless God. And I'm all for that. But the message is Christ. The message is not books on a shelf. The message is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And out of your belly will flow fountains, rivers of living water. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Brother Brown says the denominations make a stagnated pool where men, and, men can live with women and their women can carry on, cut their hair, wear their shorts, anything else, call themselves Christians. But a genuine fountain... Hallelujah, he says, of the power of God, it can't stay there because it pushes out. Amen. He says, I'm the fountain of living waters. He says, they left me to dig themselves cisterns. Now listen to this. We find out what a cistern is now. What is a fountain of living water? Here's the question. What is a fountain of living water? It's an artesian well. It's an artesian well. Just so happens that where I have my farm back home, there's a, there's a place just about four or five miles from me. 
and I've driven by it for years, and I wonder, man, it's beautiful. They got a lake almost touching their home. It's, you know, they got the trees surrounding. It's just a, it's one of those just beautiful places. I've always looked at it and marveled. But when I was getting my well drilled at my farm, I mentioned it to the man who was drilling the well, and he got this big smile on his face. He said, oh, that lake didn't always used to be there. I said, it didn't? He said, oh, no. He said, oh, no. He says, many, many years ago, he said, they called me to do the same thing that you're asking me to do, to drill a well. He said, the problem, he says, was, he says, when I drilled the test hole, we hit a, we hit a gusher, and he says, it, it was so great, we could hardly cap it. We still haven't really got it capped after all these years, and it's formed into a lake. In other words, all the water that's underneath, it's pushing up. It's push, something's pushing it up. The pressure underneath, it's got to go somewhere. Oh, church of God, you get so full of the Holy Ghost, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to come out somewhere. Let it come out. Let the word is nigh thee. It's even in your mouth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, God, I never want my well capped. I don't want it capped by some man's idea. I don't want it capped by some man's tradition. I don't want it capped by some, I, I don't want it capped by some message idea. I want the well of God to keep flowing out of me everywhere I go. Hallelujah. It says it's an artesian well, Brother Brown. It's a well. It will always come from beneath and pushes its water out. It's flowing all the time. It is self supporting it is not me that doeth the works it is the father that is in me it's not me that liveth but it's christ in me that liveth hallelujah it's self-supporting always fresh and clean an artesian well a fountain of living water praise the lord aren't you so thankful one thing about that kind of a fountain brother ed you never have to put a strainer on it you know, to get the bugs and the dirt and the trash that comes from a shallow well. You never have to put a strainer on it. It just pushes. It just pushes. It's pure. It's clean. Hallelujah. No bugs live there. No bugs live there. All right. Zechariah chapter 14 says this. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night. And it shall come to pass that, this is a familiar scripture to us, isn't it? That in the evening time, it shall be light. And then verse 8 says this, and it shall be in that day. That's this day. That living waters shall go out from Jerusalem. Half of them towards the former sea and half of them towards the hinder sea. Sounds so mysterious. You know the Old Testament church is getting the same thing that we're getting? Jerusalem, the, the 144,000 are going to get the same message that you and I have got. Half of them towards the former sea, half of them towards the hinder sea. Brother Branham says this. He says, And in that day that living water shall go forth from Jerusalem, half towards the former sea, half towards the hinder sea. In the summer and the winter shall it be the gospel going forth, both Jew and Gentile. And the Lord shall be king over the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. 
and it shall be light in the evening time. Hallelujah. What what does seas represent? It represents peoples and multitudes. We know that from the book of Revelations. Hallelujah. Fountains of living waters. Well, we look, you know, if you go back to the garden, you'll find out that that river that came through the garden when it got outside the garden, it was split up into four heads and it went from there to cover the earth. I'll tell you what, there's another river that was opened up at Calvary. And on the day of Pentecost when the gusher came, when the gusher came, it went forth into all the world. And Ephesians chapter 4 says, not just that he's going to send you forth, but how is he going to do it? Rivers of living water, Brother Ed. There's going to be pastors. There's going to be teachers. There's going to be evangelists. There's going to be prophets. There's going, what is it? Rivers of living water. It's this, this men that are filled with the Spirit of God. It's individuals filled with the Spirit of God that literally can minister the, the very living water of life to your need and to the needs that are in this world right now. What is it? Fountains, plural. Fountains. Brother Steve, how do you put a cap on it? How do you put a cap on this something that's inside of you? This life that's in you that just wants to push out. Wants every opportunity to share the glory of Jesus Christ. Wants every opportunity to tell them of the blood and what it's done for your life. How can you put a cap on it? You can't cap it. You can't slow it down. Satan cannot do anything. He can't shut her up. He can't put her in the grave long enough to keep her silent. She goes down. She comes up. He knocks you down. You stand back up. What is it? Fountains of living water. Something's pushing me. I get knocked down and I don't feel like in my flesh I want to get back up. But something in me raises me up. Pushes me up. What is it? It's the artesian well. It comes from glory. It's got to be expressed somehow. Hallelujah. Praise God. Living waters. They're not preaching dead creeds. These brothers are not preaching dead dogmas. They're preaching the reality of a living God in the very last age, in the middle of Satan's Eden. There she is. She's walking. She's talking. Her life is radiating for the glory for the kingdom of God. Praise God. No wonder. No wonder Peter and John could say, silver and gold, we have none. But what I've got, this life that I've got in me, this living water that I give it to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, stand on your feet. Oh God, if we could just be as obedient when the Lord speaks to us as that lame man was, I'll tell you what, you would leap and jump for joy too. He's more willing to give than we're willing to receive. Hallelujah. You know, so many times, Revelation 22 says this, he says, the spirit and the bride say... Come, the spirit and the bride. Say, come, and he that heareth. Say, come, and let him that is a thirst, come. And let him take the water of life freely. Praise God. Aren't you glad it's without money? If it's without price? You don't got to do novenas. You don't got to drag yourself some, down some cobble road, cobblestone road. You don't got to do penance. You just have to come. Just have to come. It just it, it just reminds me of the you know back in in the, in the, in the late 1800s I think or the early 1900s over in Wales when they were having their revival and you know how the delegates from the United States went down there and, and there they were they were wanting to know they've heard some God is doing something over there church that's how it ought to be. 
That's how it ought to be. This little place ought to be just so full of the power of God that people would know God's doing something over there. They might not want it, but they know God's doing something over there. And there's that little, you know, you know there's those delegates driving down talking about, you know what, the, they say God is living and God is real and, and we've got the word and we've studied it and we've went to all the, uh, you know, we've had, our, had, had all of our, our seminaries and, 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 but they want to know what's God doing. Something is drawing. Listen, it isn't you that drew yourself. He drew you. Amen. He drew you. And they, they finally get down to Wales and they're driving down the street and there's that little Bobby swinging his little baton or whatever, whistling. And they're like, there's a nice, there looks like a nice cop. I just, let's stop. We'll, we'll, we'll ask him, where is this? Where is this Wales revival going on? We, we want to go partake. They roll the window down. I was going to push the button, but it probably didn't exist back then. So, you know, hey, mister, we got one question. What can I do for you, fellas? We got a question. We, we, you know, we're from the United States and we're preachers and we heard there's a revival going on here in England and, and we just want to, we want to know where the revival's at. And he looks at him and he says, praise God, brothers, you have arrived. I am the Welsh revival. He wasn't looking for somebody else to give out the living water. He could say, I am the living water. I am the living water. I am the Welsh revival. Oh, I hope you can say the same thing tonight. I am the word made flesh. I am the reality of Christ in this day. I and my Father are one. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Fountains of living waters. Whether those men knew it or not, they were led to a fountain of living water. Praise be to God. What an hour. Isaiah 58 says this, The Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden. Ain't that beautiful? If you're thirsty tonight... It's your fault because the waters are flowing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Didn't he tell us he'd send us Elijah the prophet? Didn't he tell us that the seventh angel would come and that he would open up and he'd break forth the revelation of God? That you could be so satisfied that you wouldn't want to go back to some Pentecostal church or some Methodist church, some Baptist church, some, yeah, you wouldn't want to go find something else because you found the fountain of living water. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 47, if you would, just as we're closing here. Ezekiel chapter 47, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> and afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. My For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south of the altar. Then brought me he out of the way of the gate northward, and he led me about the way without unto the utter gate, by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. Now listen, church. This isn't just written in the Old Testament just for us to look at and say, wow, I wonder what that is all about. That is written with revelation behind it that if we just catch what God's been doing, that it can be a blessing to you and I. We can recognize that this has been the moving of the Spirit. 
Listen, what's God been doing for 2,000 years? Let's just watch. He says, and the measured a thousand cubits and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles. This is a, this is a beautiful type of what God has been doing for 2,000 years. Here comes, a, here comes the church. You know, when Luther broke forth, here comes the church. And he was in water. What? They came up the water. He got a revelation of justification. Water to the ankles. And they rejoiced that they weren't caught up in the old system anymore. They'd finally been set free. And they splashed and they kicked. And so can you tonight. You might have come in here. You might have been, you know, God's, maybe he's, you've repented. And God has absolutely told you that you've been justified. Your life is clean. So you, you know, you splash and you repent. You, 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 you praise God and you're happy. But the angel was not happy to leave him there. That's not where he wanted him. Watch what the scripture says. And again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were where? To the knees. Oh my, here comes that spirit of sanctification in your life. And he begins to clean you up. Here's that Wesleyan church. Come on. And again he measured a thousand. He brought me waters to my knees. And again he measured a thousand and brought me through waters which tore through the loins. Wow. Oh, Lord, this is so wonderful. The Spirit of God is moving. The gifts are being poured out on the church. We're rejoicing in the presence of God. God surely must be here. But look at the way the Scripture is written. Oh, it was wonderful, and there was a rejoicing going on. But watch as the angel continually leads. He keeps leading him along. God leading his dear, his dear church along. And he brought me through the waters that were to the loins. And afterward he measured a thousand. Oh my. Here, the, here comes Revelations 10.1. And the mighty angel. He begins to step out of eternity and show himself real one more time. And it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen. Waters to swim in. A river that could not be passed over. Listen church, never has there been so much revelation poured out as has been poured out in the last 70 years. God has literally opened up a gusher out of heaven. And you've got revelation to swim in that only you can swim in. If a Pentecostal man tries to swim in this river, he's going to drown. If a Baptist tries to swim in this river, he's going to drown. But you have been given the ability to swim, to enjoy the blessings of God, to let the water of God wash you, to swim down and to come up to wherever you go. Just enjoy the living God. Enjoy the journey. We're not living in waters to our ankles, Brother Ed. We're not living in waters at our knee level. We're not living with revelation to our waist. We are living with an outpouring of revelation. Swim in it, church. Swim in it. This is like the sea. It can't. There's no bottom. Hallelujah. You can't go deep enough to find the revelation of God. You can't get high enough, but God can open up more. He can open up more. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful for the Word of God. I'm so thankful that God has kept His Word. I'm so thankful that the seals were broken and you can recognize your position tonight not as just a sin-born man, but as the redeemed Son of God. Rivers to swim in. Hallelujah. Oh, God. If the musicians would come, what an hour to be living in. Swim, church. Swim. This is God's this is God's river. 
Wherever he takes you, go. If he wants to open up more, let him open it up. Enjoy it. Out of, what is it, Revelation 7, what did we just read? Out of the midst of the throne of God, I would lead you and feed you. What's he going to feed you with? His word. And lead you to rivers of living water. That same God that thrilled you yesterday, he can be the same God that thrills you tonight. That same God that thrills you tonight is the same one that wants to thrill you tomorrow morning when you face your boss or when you get on the road, when everything goes wrong. He wants to be the same God thrilling you then. I am redeemed, bought with a price. I'm no longer a slave. I'm a, I, I'm a son. I'm a word-born son of God. Hallelujah. Just like Boaz redeemed Ruth, our Christ has come. He's redeemed us. Now he's looked at us and, you know, like Esther, he said, up to half the kingdom, it's yours. It's yours. He wasn't, he wasn't parting the kingdom in half. He was saying, all that I am, it's yours. It's yours. You've got my backing. You've got my ring. Everything that I am, it's yours. Out of your belly shall flow fountains of living water. Praise God. That's not just for the ministry. That's for you. That's for you, out of your belly. Brother Dwayne, I, I, I'm, I'm just a young person. I'm just, no, 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 no. There's no age limit in God. You're a son, you're a word-born son of God, and the more that you lay your life down, like we spoke this morning, the more God's going to use it. Praise be to God. You love him tonight? Praise be to God. And he said unto me, Son of man, Verse 6, thou hast seen this. Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. When I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. He said unto me, these waters issue out towards the east country and go down into the desert and go down into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. What is the sea? What is waters in the book of Revelation? Peoples, multitudes, and these waters, the word, these waters being preached, these waters that go down into the sea. It will heal those waters. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whatsoever, wheresoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come there. I'll tell you what, and is he not called the fisher of men? Why is, you know, you see so many Christians with their little, has a little fish as a little insignia on the back of their car because we've been caught. Remember, he had fish. And then there was also all sorts of other things that were in the, in the waters that were caught too. Their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. Listen close. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. Whew. 
You know how those places are created? The water gets drained, most of it. Nothing comes in and nothing goes out. And if you don't feed, if you don't open up and let the fountain of life flow through you, you'll become a marsh, a dry place. That's what these Pentecostal churches are. That's what these Baptist churches are. The life has moved through and they've dried up and they have nothing but a dead letter to offer. But you and I are swimming in the realities of Christ. Praise be to God. Don't you love him tonight? I am redeemed, bought with a price. Oh, I am redeemed. I've been bought with. Is that your testimony tonight? For Jesus has changed my whole life. And if anybody asks you just who I am, well, you can tell them that I am redeemed. What's verse one, brother? So I'll tell of his favor, and I'll tell of his, what is it? Living waters. I'll tell of his goodness to me. Hallelujah. For he purchased my redemption with his own precious blood and from sin I have been set free hallelujah don't you love them tonight church oh I am redeemed I've been bought with a price for Jesus has changed my I, you can tell. 